Hello all, welcome to the Lunar Seaspire Cartoon Fan Podcast. This is episode 375, and today we'll be talking about Pepper and the Fog from Summer Camp Island. I'm GC13. And I'm David. So it has now been two weeks, and it is now current day GC's problem to try to make sense of Pepper and the Fog. How did we get here? This is one of the most cryptic episodes of Over the Garden Wall that I've watched yet. <laughs> it is i what was the name of the dream episode of that show in over the garden wall there's a point past the i guess one of the climaxes in which or maybe leading up to the climax in which uh wart yeah wart the younger brother of greg falls into a slumber and his mind goes into a sort of heavenly realm where he interacts with different beings that uh, all uh, sort of have the same types of interaction that Pepper has with these creatures. Hmm. It makes you think that there is something more to it. But sometimes, as I've learned from Adventure Time, did they really have a plan? <laughs> I feel like they're just messing with my head. I feel like Over the Garden Wall is the kind of show where everything means something because it's a mini series. They don't have to fill time. They can just mm-hmm. not make an episode. Whereas for here, I am left with so many questions like, when did Pepper's voice actor change? Um, when did Pepper's opinions towards Susie change? I-, I feel like in every single episode we discuss Summer Camp Island, I bring this up. But he was traumatized by her back in the first season. Like, he thinks her face looks like a scary jack-o'-lantern face. He wakes up in the middle of the night and he thinks this dark shape is her watching him sleep. He is scared of her. And then here he is. He's like simping for Maki Ito over here, except it's Susie, the uh, head counselor at summer camp. What does it all mean? Does it mean anything? Is this just character development that happened off screen, which is the worst kind of character development? Lars! Ugh, yes, Lars. Although in this case, it's really not, you know, in Lars's case, it was actual missing character development. That would have been awesome stuff to see, and we didn't get to see it. I want my miniseries. I mean, yeah, you know, episode restrictions, unfortunately, in Steven Universe's case. Here, you know, not so much development, just that a thing about Pepper changed, and that's not helpful. (laughs) It's not helpful if you go for a season or two without featuring a character, and then one of the attributes you set up about them is different, you know? Even if it's not a progression... It's just different. I mean, I guess you could say warming up to Susie is a positive progression. Yeah, there are there are all sorts of ways that you could explain him growing from being afraid of Susie to being infatuated with her. But they never did anything of it. It's just like, okay, he was, but he now is. So that's, that's what you get. But I don't know how seriously we're supposed to take Pepper, considering, like, the last time I remember seeing him, he was the head of a secret tickle cult. So. <laughs> you know, maybe Pepper is just that oddball character. Was he the liar in the um He was the he was the blanket thief. Yeah, he was the, the blanket haunted thief. cabin episode. Mm-hmm. I mean he's kind of a wild card. He's a shady character. Like, you know, it's always the you have the raccoons in the old school cartoons because it looks like they're wearing the domino mask. But uh you gotta watch out for them pandas, maybe. Mm-hmm. His mother is apparently a liar too, because she says he's going to be what six feet tall and by winter 
I, li- I like how the river siren is like, man, your mother's such a liar. But she's like, oh, she sounds very nice. <laughs> oh, man, dude. I, I hope I'm not wrong in thinking that the siren was definitely, I think I heard an opal in there. Was I, was, was my opal making me hear opal? I, I listened to the both quite a bit, which features opal's voice actor as well as the, uh, one time voice actor of Gret, uh, well, Steg. Well, I'm looking at the featured voice list right now, and you will be proud to know that Siren was voiced by none other than Amy Mann. Yes! Since we're talking about voice actors, I just want to say, nice to hear Keith David continuing to get around. Yeah, uh, with his weird, booming laugh. Uh, Man, I really want to analyze each creature. They also leaned into celeb- well, celebrity. Special voice guests for each weird fog creature he met. I don't know if that has any significance, except that it's interesting to do an episode like this in which you bring in guest characters. Do you do it just because you want to kind of mess around with your audience, or do you do it because, along with the very untraditional score that accompanies this one, are you trying to create a feeling of, if not unease, unusuality and peculiarness? Wouldn't bringing in a celebrity, especially one who has as many roles as Keith David, just make the episode feel more familiar? I mean, like, bringing in Amy Mann, yeah, sure, like, Steven Universe fans, especially ones who follow her on the internet, might pick her up, but she doesn't have nearly the roles that Keith David does. I think it's more about the otherworldliness. Clearly, we recognize these voices, but they don't belong here. Hmm. Yeah, this isn't really a celebrity voice actor kind of a show. No, I mean, they do do it occasionally with, you know, such inconceivable Usually with voice Keith actors David. as, uh, well, yeah. Who's that guy from The Princess Bride? Wally the White. That's all, that's all he needs to be. Anyway, yeah, he's, he's in here quite a bit, too. Let me do a Google search. Wally the White. <laughs> Voiced by... Wallace Shawn. I gotta remember that. Wallace Shawn, yes sir. But no Wallace Shawn this time around. Again, perhaps to contribute to the otherworldliness. I don't know. I I really don't think that there is any connective theme that I can come up with between the mushroom and the uh, fog horde and the siren and the giant. None of it makes any sense. The siren is selling ads. There's something about false pretenses or weirdness and there's the foghorn is a thief uh which does ooh oh 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 we did bring up that he himself is a thief okay so what else can we connect there well he stole his own blanket i mean so fair enough for attention maybe that means the foghorn is actually the true writer of pepper's poem <laughs> oh my gosh, this is getting a little mind-bending. Like, this episode is so surreal because Pepper's thoughts are not his own. He is picking up his infatuation with Susie from Foghorn. It's a theory that has nothing to do with the other characters that also show up, though. So what's the point of what's the point of the giant that runs uh... too quickly? Or the maiden that mm. just ditches him? Also, when he does become a cloud, everybody sort of sees him again in the sky and smiles about it. What's that all about? And really, is there a connective through point to the journey of being a cloud? Clouds are transient. Clouds are airy. Does this whole episode exist 
to support simply that theme, his, Pepper's realization of being a cloud? Well, I mean, think about Pepper's role in the series, and I don't think he's actually all that dissimilar from a cloud. Like, the, the clouds start out as nothing, and then they kind of agglomerate together so that, you know, you have a nice big cloud, and that, that would be like when Pepper gets his big episodes where he has the big roles, and then Scotty shows up and punches him, and he disperses into a whole bunch of little clouds, he disappears into the background, and then they start agglomerating back into big old Pepper again. And then we get Pepper in the fog. So, I mean, I, th- I just think becoming a cloud, or, you know, embracing his true cloud self is... I mean, he's already been living the cloud lifestyle. Did you think of clouds as magical creatures prior to this episode? Uh, remember the episode that introduced Scotty, the Cyan Chat episode uh, that introduces the cycle of clouds on the island? Okay, so that classifies them as magical creatures. That that has been previously established. In fact, I was wondering if they were retconning away the cloud punching. Um, aspect, which was even mentioned in season three. Uh, they had an episode where they bring in Scotty to punch a cloud for them. So uh, yeah, there's no are way. Are going to not do that anymore? Or is or is Pepper doomed to be punched and then like uh, like gem shards just to be spend his life or searching for his missing pieces so he, can oh, be, no. so he can be whole again? Okay, but there's no Animorph clouds. He's the only one. This is one of the first... I, I guess a lot of the kids on the island have latent powers. Uh, that are realized, but do, and, and they're not quite the magical creatures. Like Lucy doesn't look exactly like a Yeti. And I, I don't know. Hedgehog's just kind of a witch though, but now she's got this werewolf thing going on. There's a transformational aspect there. Uh, Oscar's glow warmness is hidden to the naked eye, but, but, but Pepper just straight up transforms into, he could just transfigure himself into a cloud and back. What's that all about? <laughs> Is that just what the new the new generation of magical creatures are like? Are they all destined to become, at some point, only presenting as the magical creature that they are? I I don't I don't know the physics of it. Yeah, that's uh that will be revealed in later episodes. Also, all I can think of is the uh, Greg Universe meme where Greg um, fornicated with a rock. And someone fornicated with a cloud. That's all I'm saying. That is what produced Pepper. Pepper's lineage. Sounds like Tale of the Dragonborn. <laughs> oh my. I mean, uh, I, I, don't, I don't know. If all the yetis are on Summer Camp Island, I think the magical essence just... I, th- I think these magical creatures are just natural elements of, you know, having magic. And that's why some people are clouds. Some people are yetis. Some people are witches. It's just it just spontaneously manifests. It's like, but not quite, because I mean, witches clearly have lineage, as demonstrated by last episode. Well, I mean, it's you can have the lineage of witches, but in the if there aren't enough witches, then we can just spontaneously create them. It's like if there are no what is it? If there are no queen bees, and someone will become one, or is that ants? Uh, maybe that happens with bees. I know I know, xenomorphs and aliens will spontaneously <laughs> turn into a queen. Right, in our reality that occurs. I think they got that from a real insect, but I don't know which one. Yeah, I don't know much about hive insects. Biggest mystery of this episode at least got resolved. I loved the bup-bup-bup getting explained as Pepper knocking on the door. That was super cute. It was kind of eerie. Didn't he start off doing the knock 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 gesture? Um 
I'm pretty sure it was supposed to be a reveal at the end. I should never bother closing this window. That that was pure hubris on my part. I'll see. I'll see if he makes it. He's coming out. Oh, yes, he does the knock, knock, knock gesture right at the start. That was not a reveal. Oh, maybe you're just not supposed to... Yeah, you're so right. (laughs) The only mystery is, was I paying attention in the first 30 seconds? I feel as discombobulated watching this episode as Pepper feels walking Mm -hmm. it, because it's like, "Mm, I'm just looking. Susie's up there at the end of this path. Should I keep following this path straight? Or should... No, I'm going to turn left off onto this road here and then walk in a circle even though I am clearly walking in a straight line. You know what? It is a testament to this episode, the way that it curves and bends and warps your mind that I couldn't remember how it started. Things that aren't mysteries become mysteries and things that should make sense don't. But I guess somehow that is the nature of clouds. You follow the path straight. The episode opens up with showing you how to get to Susie's place, and Pepper messes it up immediately. See, there's not, like, there's no lesson learned here, though, and there's not much said about Pepper, which makes sense because Pepper is this character that's just been molded for whatever, you know, episode he appears in (laughs) to to fit whatever is funny or convenient. I guess I, I guess clouds just appear in different shapes, but what a fascinating spot to fill <laughs> in the character lineup of the show. Yeah. Oh, what was I? Oh, lost it. Were you thinking about water safety? I was. <laughs> when I saw that water siren wearing the life jacket, I, I had to stop and think, how many times do they really require... The standards and practice really require safety protocols be carried out in in these shows. Like I, I remember seeing a tweet recently about it, in regular show. One of the storyboarders was talking about, well, if we made them explode, we could basically kill anyone in the show because if they exploded, <laughs> it was fine. And I'm like, so I guess I was like, you know, Katara, she just went around on the water and on boats, and Sokka did, and. You know, she could bend water, but Sokka couldn't. But I guess, you know, they didn't have rudimentary life jackets yet. You see, <laughs> I, I never I never thought of standards and practices when I saw that. I did think it was a very deliberate, like, oh, look, she just, she just asks him what size he wears, and he knows she's talking about a life jacket, and they just take it as a given. Promoting water safety just very, you know, on the down low. I never thought of that as something standards and practices force them to do. I mean, it's kind of along with the seatbelt thing, where characters generally have to wear seatbelts, and there's ridiculous examples. Even if they're on the hood of the car? Yes! Was that regular show? That was okay. I know OKKO did that with uh, with Rad. That's hilarious. (laughs) Yeah, um, because Ian Jones-Cordy was tweeting out his own standards and practices uh, experiences. Yeah, I mean, whatever. They follow some very basic, blunt rules that are so funny. But, yeah, water jackets. I mean, I can think in Steven Universe when they're out hunting for Malachite on the raft. All of the gems are wearing life jackets, even though they definitely don't need to be. Life diapers. And uh, Garnet, you know, takes hers off and then forms one made of light around her instead. (laughs) You know? So I... Uh, That was good. (laughs) I, I... I appreciate that they can't shake it, but they integrate it in such funny ways because the siren saying these strange things that turn out to be ad slogans, you know, coming out of the mist and 
she's just immaculate and glowy, and then she has a life jacket on. Like, okay, sure. <laughs> but yeah, this was a uh, this was definitely a weird one. I looked on the <laughs> wiki for it, and I don't think they have a clue what this is about either, <laughs> because it says, "Oh yeah, the cultural references. This is an this is this episode is a reference to or a spoof. I'm sorry." Of John Carpenter's The Fog, and then I, it, you know, of course links you to Wikipedia, and I'm reading the plot summary for The Fog, and I'm like, well, there is fog <laughs> there in is The fog. fog, um, and it does say The Fog in the title, <laughs> and that's about the closest, uh, relationship I can find between the two. Of course, I have never seen John Carpenter's The Fog, so there might be, of course, some very, very deep spoofs going uh-huh. on here, but let's just... Look at the Wikipedia page. I don't. I don't see much similarity. It's a bold claim to use the word spoof. I, I will say that uh, if you're writing a wiki article, I guess you just got to go for it and claim what you can claim. Because I'll read it and believe it. Some of these, some of these wikis are like I need to. I still need to go through the Wee Bear Bears wiki someday because someone is dropping in some uh, some of their head canon as uh, canon on the icy nights uh, stuff. That's not cricket. Meanwhile, you know, I think like the Steven Universe wiki, ooh, so so well <laughs> debated and edited, and you know, they some some of them do a good job of creating a whole set of theories and discussion pages that keep some of that headcanon separate. But inevitably, people will think that some of the theories are the canon anyway. As for Pepper and the Fog. I have no definitive statement at all. Yeah. Two threads on the Steven Universe subreddit just today. One saying, oh, when did Steven Universe and Clarence have a crossover? And then they post an image that says it's from the Ideas Wiki or like Ideas Fanon Wiki. It's, it's, it has something identifying it is not real. And it says the air date was 2024. And I'm sitting here like, God, I really hope that this is a joke. <laughs> but then someone else posts something that I know is serious. It's like Steven Universe, the sequel. And it's like, oh, is this real? My sister doesn't know if it's real. And I do a reverse Google image search. It's like, hmm, there are two people that Google has doing this. One person is posting asking, hey, Rebecca, is this real? And the other person is from a person who's an artist. That's a red flag right there. And then you go look through their history. And the day after they posted that, they're like, why do my fake movie posters always get so much more attention than my real fan art? (laughs) I think we answered the question. Oh, it's because we all have hopes and dreams. But go ahead, crush them, artists. Give us fake hope. You say hopes and dreams. I'm sorry, I just watched a big wrestling pay-per-view yesterday where Kenny Omega, whose uh, entrance theme does mention hopes and dreams, and yes, that is a reference to Undertale, thank you for noticing, (laughs) finally lost his championship belt to Hagman Adam Page, and that's a good thing, because we all love to see the Cowboy win. (laughs) I'm still waiting in my rewatch of Steven Universe to get back to Tiger Philanthropist, in which I will once again be able to say anything relevant about wrestling, which I currently cannot. Just go back and watch Tiger Millionaire. That'll tell you most of what you need. Truth. Uh, the, the poem. The poem is visible. It is readable. It is very cute. It is hilarious. I am surprised that they wrote it, and he never, Pepper never recites his own poem in this episode. Because it's hilarious, and I don't even know if you see the text of it more than once in a shot, but very cute, and um, Susie doesn't deserve it, but whatever, she's just calmly drinking her 
coffee or tea at the end. What do you mean Susie doesn't deserve it? She hasn't earned it, GC. She hasn't earned it. She is definitely working here. She is so much better. Like, early early series Susie would have snapped at him and told him to get lost. And uh, this one, she's like, she, you see on the look of her face when he comes up to her. She's like, you see, she so just wants him to go away. But he comes <laughs> up doing the, hey, Susie, I'm so happy to see you. And so she, you know, drinks the drinks her coffee first and then says something nice. Puts a smile on that face. I mean, to be fair, her one of her missions to have these kids realize their magical selves is coming to fruition. So, yep. So yeah, that's good. That's good. Uh, yeah. Weird end to this. So is this the mid-season point, and we're waiting for the second batch? I think this is all of season four. What the hell? I, <laughs> what is this? I do not know. Yeah, this is. Uh... Really weird way to not keep. I mean, you know, I don't think you need cliffhangers per se, but this is a weird place to end yeah. for a streaming platform. Yeah, going back to the uh, subreddit discussion for this, I saw someone said that well, there's this animation called Hedgehog in the Fog, but this isn't really a reference to that either. So, uh, at least according to, I'm going to pronounce that Brontron. He says it's not a reference. It's a better username than one of the billion of variations of PM me your ex. So that's good. Mm. PM me your Susie poem. That needs to be my next uh, throwaway Reddit handle. Yeah, just send us send us all of your Susie poetry. <laughs> Tell us how great Susie is. Anyway, guys, that's it for us on Pepper and the Fog. We're both very, very confused, but eagerly awaiting more Summer Camp Island. Join us next week. We should finally be digging into the Owl House. Ooh. Until then, I'm GC13. And I'm David. And uh, if you're able to find your way through the foggy mists of whatever review platform exists for where you listen to podcasts, hit us up with a five-star one or any star one uh, if you if you feel like it. Thanks, if, if, unless you're as confused as we are about this episode. Then I don't blame you. Remember to add plus two stars if you listen in the Tokyo Dome. Later, everybody. Our opening and closing music is by Mark Soto. For more cartoon-related content, please visit LunarCeasefire.com.